This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Where's Scott Emerson, my pitching coach? I'm right here. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Season's over. Man, it, it's hard. It's hard to believe that baseball season's done with. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's gut-wrenching, I guess. All right, I did the calculation. I, I don't know if I'm 100% correct, but I believe we are 98 days away from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. Man, and I can't wait. You know, uh, it's going to uh, be exciting times, in my opinion, uh, a great spring training to, to uh, run out our guys and uh, watch them battle uh, for their jobs and uh, and see uh, the exciting players that are going to come in and the new players that will probably go out and try to sign, in my opinion. And, and, and spring training is always a good time to watch these guys go out and compete and battle. All right, so when we start like, like, like today, if you're watching MLB Network like I was and you have a lot of the, the managers – that are changing, but down below on the ticker, you start seeing whose options got picked up, whose options were declined. The business of baseball is starting to go. We're going to have free agents start signing. Do you like pay attention and follow like which pitchers? Like immediately I thought of a guy. He's kind of an interesting character, but he throws really hard. Like a Joe Kelly all of a sudden is not going to be back. And I go, you know what? For the right price, Joe Kelly could be a guy in the A's bullpen. Do you sit there and you do you monitor like which players are 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 gonna be available out there? I think you always, you know, you go out there and and follow the trade rumors and and follow the hot stoves in the off seasons. But but our front office goes out and does does the best job that they can to bring in the guys that uh, you know we can bring in. And uh, you know my job is to go out there and coach them up when when I get them. But uh, you know there are some interesting names out there, and there's guys that you've you've watched for for years, and you always think, man, it would be fun to to have uh, Sean Manaya back and or, or our guys like that. You know so. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting to go and, and see who's out there, but I let the front office, you know, do their job. They're great at, at trying to put together the best team that we can possibly run out there on the field. Yeah, you had such a great relationship with that group, and it was a special group. Obviously, it was a, a rotation that got you into the postseason. And you think about Bassett, and you think about Manaya, and you think about Frankie Montas and, and that group. Um it just really became a a special group. That that was a very close group, and I know you were very close to them. Uh, speaking of new managers, when you heard Stephen Vogt is the new manager of the Guardians, what were you thinking? Man, what you know? 
what a great journey for a voter. You know, I, I was you know, really happy for him. I got to text him. I texted him, uh, told him congratulations. He got to, back to me. Might have been an hour later, but uh, you know, when when you got guys that have a lot of heart and passion, and and what what Stephen Vogt brings to the table, it, it good for the Guardians. You know, they're gonna they're gonna love that guy. They're gonna love his heart. They're gonna love his passion. And, you know, I, I saw one tweet out there that somebody already said, "I believe in Stephen Vogt." <laughs> you know, and, you know it's just you know good for him. And uh, you know, he's a guy that loves this game, uh, who's very passionate about it. And uh, to be able to stay in the game and get a job like this, you know, you know, first of all, he got a, a good job with the Mariners right out of the shoot, you know, and then now he's managing a year later. Uh, you know, I couldn't be more happy for him. But he's never managed before. I mean, that's a reality. And it's funny, the day that David Ross, remember, we were all so like, oh, Rossi, Rossi's so great. And he's great with the media and everybody loves Rossi and he's a World Series champion. Um, on the day that a catcher with no experience gets fired, he's a catcher with no experience gets hired. He's going to need a lot of help. So from a standpoint of staff, how important is bench coach, hitting coach, pitching coach, front office? To, he's going to need help. H- how does someone like yourself really have to like take the time to understand that he's going to need some, he's going to need, you know, some direction in a lot of different places. You know, I think I think you know one thing you do is you sit back and and uh, you know you realize that you know when you're catching and when you're when you're when you're in this game a long time you're always sitting on the bench even though you're not the manager of the team you're thinking about situations you're thinking about who you would bring into the game uh, you know I, I'm constantly t- thinking about the pitching and and how we're going to play this strategy and how we're going to move into something it's the manager's job to manage the game and we have great communications before the game about what we want to do. And then my job is to kind of, you know, if Cots says, hey, let's go in this direction. If we talked about um, doing something different before the game, you know, I want to remind him, hey, remember we talked about this before the game, Uh, you know, because the game comes at you really quick. And that's what, in my opinion, the managers use their coaches for during the game is trying to reinforce you know, the plan that we talked about before the game. And yeah, there are some gut moments where you go with your gut, but the data, you know, that's the first thing we always start with, with the data. How are we going to play this game? The first thing that voter has to do, in my opinion, is when he gets his staff together, is understand, talk to him about how we're going to play this season out. What's our process? How we're going to play this game? Whether you want the pitchers to pitch to the big side of the field, seven, eight, nine, or you want them to pitch to their strengths and, and go after the hitter in that type of way. So you always have to understand what that manager wants. You know, the manager's job is to manage the game. The coach's job is to coach the players and get the most out of their ability to play the game. And then hopefully you collaborate before the game, help out the manager, how you're going to do things, you know, whether the hitting coaches and the bench coach are talking about when we're going to use pinch hitters. We're talking about with the bench coach and the pitching coach uh, to the manager, when we're going to bring in certain matchups, who who's available today. You know, that's one thing a lot of people don't understand is not every reliever is available each and every day. No doubt. You know, when you know, you know, when is it a good time to, you know, you're down four, you you might go to somebody else to hopefully he can just finish the game and save the rest of the bullpen. 
you know, voters are going to go out of the shoot like anybody else and want to win as many games as you possibly can. You just, like I, I think we talked about on that last episode, how do you manage that bullpen? And uh, that's where you use your resources, and that's your, your analytic department and your coaching staff. You know, that's a great point. You mentioned people don't know, but you know, correct? Yeah, each and every day, you know, during our throwing program, myself and the bullpen coach are walking the line. Uh, we do have a, a usage sheet that we use as a guideline that tells us whether the guy, you know, should be capable of pitching or not pitching. But but communication with the relievers of how you're feeling today. You know, sometimes, you know, some of those guys and I want them to be honest. You know, some of those guys will go, eh, I think I can give you an inning. Then you start to know, OK, I got to be smart enough to know that that verbiage is probably, he's not really sure of himself. Some guys will say, hey, today. And some guys will say, I feel great. I'm ready to rock and roll. So you start understanding their verbiage. And, you know, some guys will kind of tell you, you know, let's go back to uh, Liam Hendricks when he pitched that game against the White Sox and uh, he went two plus innings. The next day he told me, you know, I, I don't feel great. I can give you an inning, but I don't feel great. And we went with Liam anyways, and that was the day he was throwing 100 miles an hour, and he saved the last game against the White Sox, and we moved on to the next round. I think at that point in time, a Liam feeling it at 80% was, was just good enough for us for, to use him to save the game. Then don't you think it would be helpful to tell the postgame show guy um, who's available, who's not. So when all the callers call after the game and complain that this guy didn't get used and this guy didn't get used, I could then say, well, there's a reason. Well, well, you know. Help a guy uh, out. Tommy, you played this game. You're smart enough. You, you, you can probably cover it and say, hey, this guy pitched two days in a row. They probably didn't want to go for a third day in a row. Fans don't or, care. They go, ah, oh, he's and, getting paid millions of dollars. He should throw every game. Yeah, I, I hear you. And sometimes that's the, you know, that's the case. And, uh, but it, it's, you know, sometimes you just really have to manage people too and what they can do and what they can't do. All right. This one thing I wanted to get into, and I thought about it. I was in Reno this weekend. It was our guys football trip and we were betting football weekend and just looking at the numbers. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but the teams that score first this postseason were 32 and nine. Folks, that's a 780 winning percentage. If we were winning gambling at a 70, at a 780 percentage, we'd be billionaires, right? The, a gambler wins, a, a successful gambler is like 52% of the time. If you're winning as any sports team, any get 780 is incredible. I hear all the time how long the season is. Well, an NFL season is long. NBA, they're all long now. It's, it's, is there a way from a mental standpoint to really throughout a season keep the urgency. Because to me, when I saw the Braves the last two years, I see the Dodgers the last two years, they flopped. They have no urgency. They cruise into the postseason, and the other teams, they've got sharp knives, they're ready to go, and these guys, boom, 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 they're gone. Is there a way to keep up the urgency in a baseball season, even though we play every day and it's a long season. Because, boy, when it comes time to play postseason baseball, the numbers say it. Score first, every out, every pitch, defense, field every ball. The, the teams that play with that urgency are the teams that do well in postseason play. 
Yeah, I think in 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 the postseason, you're always trying to win every inning, in my opinion. Try to shut down inning, try to score a run. Yeah. And like we talked about on the previous episodes, when you score runs and you take the lead, your pitchers feel a little bit uh, more at ease, whether it's it's true or not. But when you're winning the baseball game, the pressure's on the team that's losing. So they have to fight to do more. That's why packing on runs is important. Uh, sometimes moving runners over earlier in the game just to gain that advantage. Look, you just said the number. So what am I trying to do? Score first. Do anything you can to take that lead. In my opinion, even if it's early in the game, even if it's the regular season, always try to score first and put pressure on the other team. Yeah, so is, is there something that we could do from a standpoint with the players to make sure, especially teams that are really good to, like, play those tricks, play those mental tricks, do something – you know, and stop saying, hey, it's the dog days of summer going, I, hey, I'm, it may be the dog days of summer, but in a month and a half, you're in the postseason and it's a doggy dog world. So, and everybody's wearing milk bone underwear. Thank you, Norm. Cheers. But I mean, that's the way it is. So it's like, how do you keep urgency going through a long season? Can you do it? Is it even possible? Well, you know, it, it's always trying to keep your, your, your players motivated to go out there and, and you know, you know, a lot of players, and, and you know, we're always playing for the, the name on the chest, but we're also playing for the name on the back, you know, as well. My, my dad always told me, don't embarrass my, don't go out there and embarrass yourself. Play hard. Uh, give it everything you got each and every day. And if you look at, like, what the best players in any sport do, they're just relentless. Yes. Those are the guys that just go out there, and when you're down, they keep kicking you. They go after you. When Michael Jordan won championship three, he held up four fingers. He was already ready to win another championship the next year. When he won championship four, he held up five fingers. I'm going after number five. And, and just, you know, the, the elite of the elite are just are never satisfied in my opinion. They just want to keep getting better and better. And those guys can get better because they have that ability to get better. So, you know, in everything that elite athletes do, they want to win. You play a game of, of ping pong, they want to win. They want to get after it. They're not just playing to play. They're playing to beat you. And that mentality, you know, from the, from the best of the best makes them the best. When you now look at the postseason and you watched it, is there anything that you learned from this postseason? Well, man, you look at what the Texas Rangers did. They went out and got uh, two players uh, that play skilled positions and hit in their middle infielder with Marcus Simeon and Seager. And then they went out and got one of the best free agent pitchers available in Evaldi. Uh, and then, obviously, they got Max Serger. They went out and got DeGrom. Uh, you know, talent talent goes out there and competes each and every day. So, you know, you're always trying to look for the best players. And then sometimes the best players just need more time. I look at our team, I look at our staff, and, you know, they just need more time. We got guys that are, in my opinion, are, you know, are going to be really good baseball players. Uh, they just need more time. And, and, you know, sometimes we're not patient because we want to win the world series next year. Look, I'm going to leave the house for eight months. Do I want to win the world series? Yes. But most importantly, I want to stick to the process, get these guys as good as they're capable of being to give us a chance 
to win as many games as we possibly can. And then uh, over time, we're just going to get better because we, we got some talent on this team. We got guys. We might not be World Series ready, but we're going to build that mentality. You know, Mark Kotze uh, comes in and, and does an amazing job of getting these guys motivated to play each and every day. And, and that's what we do. We go out and we play as hard as we can, and we're going to try to win as many games as we possibly can. Yeah, when you think about your starting pitchers next year, I know we've talked about it. And, you know, if we're going to look at these numbers about how the bullpen is dominant and the bullpen gets you better numbers in the postseason than your starters do, that means you can't burn these guys out. You're going to need those bullpen guys to still have bullets in the gun by the time you get to the postseason. What's going to help you with that is your starters going deeper in games. What will those conversations be like? Because there was a lot of starts that didn't go very long for the A's last year. How do you preach going into spring training? How do you preach to these guys about their workouts and everything in the offseason? Like, you've got to get us more outs. You've got to give us more innings. Yeah, I think the, the throwing quality strikes, having good command, being able to move the ball around, uh, some balls in play early in counts, and then when you get to two strikes, you're able to go for that punch out. Uh, obviously, you know, guys that pitch to swing and miss, in my opinion, are guys that are just – you know, throttling that strike zone and, and pounding strikes the best they can. And their, their stuff is so good that they're going to get swing and miss. So you got to teach everybody to pound the strike zone, throw as many strikes as you possibly can. The more strikes you throw with plus stuff are the more swing and miss you can get outside the strike zone. The more strikes you can throw with average stuff and change speeds and keep hitters off timing are the more soft contact balls you're going to get in play. So, so obviously the object is, look, you know, I I'm really want our guys to just really focus on right now going six innings. Go six innings the best you can. Try to get six innings in 100, 105, even, even 110 pitches. Fill the strike zone up. But now what's the process to do that? The process to do that is have quality command, change speeds, take the punch out when you can get it. And, and the more strikes we throw, the better we're going to be. If you look at our teams in the past, uh, we just threw a ton of strikes. We threw a lot of strikes. Uh, we pitched to the edges of the plate. Did we throw some more balls down the middle, statistically speaking? Yes, we probably end up throwing more balls down the middle, but we were throwing more strikes. So we got to get this group to believe in their abilities to throw the ball first inside the box, and then second, pitch to the edges of the plate. Try to command the edges of the plate. You know, fastball is, is, a, is a pitch that can get hit, but it gets hit when you get it close to the middle of the plate. So have that ability to command the baseball to the edges, get that breaking ball down and away, get that changeup down and away uh, to your arm side, and, and you know look for that consistent command of strikes, change of speeds, get guys swinging early, maybe get some balls in play early, and then with two strikes take that uh, opportunity to try to punch some guys out. I know during the offseason, you're always looking to learn. You're always looking to find ways to help you help your pitchers. This offseason, is there anything really new that you're looking at that you're trying to find that you're trying to get better to be able to help your pitchers? Well, you know, I, you know for the last four years, I've always been into the, uh, the motor preference of a pitcher of how he moves. You know, I really believe if you can uh, maintain a good, solid delivery with good movement, that uh, it increases your success rate of command. So, 
you know, I've bounced around. Uh, I've gone to Tread Athletics this offseason. I've gone up to the Wake Forest Pitching Lab and just kind of collaborated and talked to those guys, and they do an amazing job with their data. Uh, what, what was great is we're pretty much on the same page in a lot of things, but just learning some extra things that they're doing in their facilities. Because, you know, when our guys leave us, you know, they do have outside influences in uh, in the pitching world. And, and what I want to do is understand uh, what these outside influences are doing and, 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 and know who our pitchers are talking with and what they're trying to accomplish. We leave them each offseason with something to work on, something to do, uh, and then they go to their offseason guy. And I like to hear what hear what they're doing on a consistent basis. But, you know, uh, all the studies out there, I love to be up to date. But we got a really good support team, or I feel like I got a really good support team and our analysts. Uh, you know, Rob Neighborhouse, one of our assistant GMs, kind of heads up uh, Pike Goldschmidt and uh, a lot of the guys. Pike's are one of our analysts and, and uh, Ethan Stewart, our biomechanist, who we hired last offseason to, to help me understand more, you know, what the data is telling us on pitching mechanics uh, to a whole higher higher level than we've seen before about total body movement and sequencing and timing. So just learning more about that. You know, I've taken a lot of courses and classes on it, but to have experts in their field being able to collaborate, I think is it's a really fun. There's no doubt. I mean, look at us. We're, we're two former pitchers, right? But you're, you're six what? Six five. You're six five left-handed. I'm five nine right-handed. There's no way our, our, our biomechanics work the same. So to be able to figure out what's best for you, I mean, you're going to be more of a fall guy down the mound. I'm going to be more a lower body drive guy, right, in theory. Everybody's different. Everybody has. But they're, they're, the way we would pitch being 6'5 left-handed versus 5'9 right. So it's like you need to understand how everybody moves, everybody's arms, their slot. Everything's different. It's, like, it's interesting. We were so just worried about radar gun, now, and, and now we've been so worried about what 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 basically stat casts and what the numbers and spins and all that. But really, how does our body move to make all that happen to happen better? That's kind of the new frontier. Yeah, in, in, in the, you know, in the motor preference world, I think uh, what we call an aerial and a terrestrial. You know, aerials are more uh, dependent on low T-spine mobility and terrestrials, high T-spine mobility, meaning they can uh, disassociate better with their, their – uh, a shoulder to hip separation where aerials are going to depend on more snap. Look, like I said, and you said it, I, I'm six foot five, you're five nine. I'm going to look at the strike zone more from the top to the bottom, and you're going to look at the strike zone more from the bottom to the top. So uh, there are such things as, as tall and fall pitchers. There are such things as drop and drive pitchers. It's just kind of quantifying that. But what it also does is it kind of puts guys into uh, how we should be training physically. You know, you're going to have a uh, tall and fall or an aerial guy probably do more plyometric-based exercises, and the terrestrial, the drop-and-drive guy, is probably going to do more power-based exercises. You know, pitchers, you know, their arm action, they're long in the back, they're short in the front, or they're short in the back, long in the front. So there's just a lot of different things and a lot of different body parts. So it's always intriguing to understand how the body moves. Now, I wish I could uh, equate that to my golf swing. No. I haven't got to that part. Don't yet. even go there. 
Why is well, it going left? Why is it going right? <laughs> Why do I hit behind the ball? Oh my yeah, God! It's, it's I played tough. in Pinehurst today, and I was I was all over the left side of the fairway, the right side of the fairway, and then the left side of the green, the right side of the green. But some people say you got to see the whole course. Uh, and I, I got it beautiful. I got to see the whole thing. And then there's the aspect. I, I uh, one of my old pitching coaches in college said to a guy, "Hey, you're the Tin Man." And everybody's like, you're the Tin Man. Yeah, you need to go see the Wizard. You ever see the Wizard of Oz? You got to go find a heart, son. And everybody's like, wow. Sometimes we also got to find out what's in here. We got to find out pitchers. Like, you can throw 180 miles an hour and you can have everything. But in the end, when the game starts and you put a catcher and an umpire and a batter and we got fans, it's on television, it's on streaming, it's on terrestrial radio. Uh, it's time to compete, and all that stuff you did in the offseason, great. All the stuff you did in the bullpen, great. Do you get me outs or not? Do you have that heart? Do you have the intestinal fortitude to go out there and compete at the highest level? Yeah, that, that's that's the, the, the pitching component. You know, we can get a guy in the bullpen, and uh, we can you know, work on his arsenal, and we can get his pitches better, and then all of a sudden we have what we call white line fever. You, you cross that white line, and you're like, look, man, I swear in the bullpen this guy is awesome. And then you look at the data and the numbers, and, and all his stuff is really good. And then just for some reason you go out in the game, and like you said, the lights turn on. You know, we used to call it a 5 o'clock hitter, right? Yeah. He can hit homers and BP, but now he's got to face – you know, big league pitching with exploding breaking balls and, and changing speeds. The balls are moving different, you know. I mean, this is not an easy game. And, uh, you know, you have to go out. You know, if the game was played on paper, sometimes it would be great, but it's not. It, it's you, The human element does go uh, does affect people. And, you know, some people just can't, can't do it. And uh, you want to get the guys out there. And that's why, like I always say, you know, 60 starts, get a, get a guy, 60 starts, get him comfortable. Let's see where he's at. Let's see if he can breathe. He can't breathe out there. We would need these guys to breathe. I know, you know, we've had a lot of rookies, you know, pitch for us in the last couple of years. And, you know, they come off after that first inning and they're like, my legs are shaking so hard. You know, you know, it takes time and, and patience. And, uh, you know, like I said, though, we got a hardworking group and it's fun to work with them. Well, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for us for all these years, really. You've been fantastic. I know Ken Korak says it. I say it. Uh, it's been great to have you a big part of our pregame show, uh, and it's always great to have you here on A's Cast Live. I, I don't know if there's a pitching coach in the business that gives as much time as you do, and obviously as a veteran of of, of being in radio and doing radio, you're, you're, you're excellent at it. Uh, thank you. Really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you everything you do for us. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Christmas. Keep your phone on. We'll reach out in a little bit. But uh, thank you for everything that you've done, helping us through the postseason, through the season. And I'm excited for 2024. Yeah, me too, you know. And I appreciate coming on. You know, I, I love A's fans. You know, I've been in this organization now you know, 21 years and the, and the green and gold is special. And we're just going to keep out, keep going out there and, and, and do the best we can and, and keep grinding. Well, you're a coach that cares. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, 
But uh, how you feel about your pitchers, how you care about the players, how, how you care about their well-being, and you care about them mentally as much as you do physically, it really, really shows. And it just goes to the relationships that you've had with your, your pitchers and that even though they may go to org- other organizations, they've told us, you know it, what, what you've meant to them in their careers, what you've meant to this organization, uh, it's second to none. So you be well, my friend, and we will talk to, we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.